0: There's no lower-hanging fruit in discussing the local hockey franchise than picking on poor Kasperi so I'm going to try something completely different this morning. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. The offseason that Ron Hextall has had would appear to have been a highly productive one in the absence of the borderline bizarre two-year extension for Capitan that pays him $3 million a year. I wouldn't have dreamed that could have happened beforehand. I still don't believe that it happened. And I'd say that just just within the prism of this team having been so crunched up against the cap. So what that leads me to believe is that these guys, including Mike Sullivan, continue to believe in Kapanen. So I'm going to take a different angle on this today. And try to put myself in their shoes, in their skates, I guess, and figure out what it is that they see, that they project. Because they very clearly see him as a guy, like a top six guy. And to clarify, that doesn't mean they see that he's going to get into this Team's top six, but that they see him as a top six type talent because that's it's not quite top six money, but it's not far from it. And to do this, to go through this exercise for you, I'm going to start with a practice that the Penguins had on the outskirts of Boston back in January. There's a complex that the Bruins. Workout in that's uh, this giant megalopolis thing that's run by the New Balance Shoe Company. And there was just something that was a little bit different about this particular session. I'm not sure how to describe it. Maybe it's because it was in a different setting and it didn't feel like the same old, same old with Cranberry. But they went out there and they had themselves one whale of an intensive workout. The scrimmaging that happened, the drills that happened were of the highest possible intensity, and I reported this at the time, but the guy who didn't just stand out on the rink, he leaped out, was Kapanen. He was so far and away the best player in this practice, doing things that, I got to watch how I'm saying this. He was doing things that I don't know that even the more significant others on the roster are capable of doing. Blowing past people, uh, making the prettiest passes you've seen, finishing, oh my goodness, the shots he was putting over the goaltenders. He looked like a right-handed Alexei Kovalev, for those of you who go back, where you just say, wow look at all that but then in the same breath say wow where was that in the game this portion of daily shot of penguins is brought to you by the good people at the greater pittsburgh community food bank where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western pennsylvania they in turn need your help find out how one dollar can be turned into five full meals for those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. The talent's there, okay? Let's not debate or dispute that in any context. The talent's there. Kapanen is, according to Jim Rutherford when he was here, the fastest player on the roster. And when I raised an eyebrow at that, as he spoke it, he said, yes, faster than Rusty, meaning, of course, Brian Rust. okay. So he's the fastest guy out there. We also know that he has a tremendous release, uh, an elite release. He was born with that, actually, son of Sammy Kapanen, who was a natural finisher in his days with the Hurricanes and Flyers. And He's got size and strength, too. And the funniest thing of all is if you look at his advanced analytics, and I have no doubt, by the way, that this also was influential in this contract. He is, in the most positive sense of the term, a puck hog, meaning he inspires possession. And part of that is because when he does get the puck in the defensive zone, he's not going to make a mistake. He's going to find a way to skate it out because it's just so effortless for him. As a result, we might not think as much of it. There can't be anybody anywhere who thinks of him in that way. But again, the numbers don't lie. They really don't, especially not over a sustained sample size. When we see that Radim Zahorna, for example, has outstanding defensive metrics, and you don't really notice him being all that great defensively, you can say, all right, he hasn't played all that much. Maybe the numbers are skewed. Kapanen's out there a ton. Kapanen's been in the league for half a decade. That's not small. And here's the other component to it. And this one, Might be the most puzzling. Even though you'll see him occasionally, I don't want to say pout, more like laps out where he's visibly frustrated and something ugly will happen on the rink. You know, one of those times where he just kind of falls for no reason or he gets himself into a great shooting position and then can't get that great release off at all. Like no shot happens. He is, by every account, including my own interactions with him, just a tremendous kid. You'd love him if you'd met him. And the coaches love him. And his teammates love him. They swear by him. They don't see any sort of negative uh, character, personality issues at all, including as it relates to his play. Adding to all of that and kind of grafting all this together, when you get to that playoff series against the Rangers, and you're thinking of all those things that Kapanen did over the course of the regular season that you didn't like, and you know what I'm talking about, that pull-up pirouette inside the blue line, uh, failing to shoot, failing to get a shot off when he'd have the opportunity, all of that was washed away. In that round, no, he didn't have a goal, but he probably had some of the most glorious scoring chances and resultant shots of anyone on the team. He just happened to be the victim of probably seven or eight of Igor Shisterkin's very best saves in that round. You know, you you tap your stick to that guy he's pretty good so my guess here it's obviously more than a guess based on all the actual information i've given you here is that the penguins just really believe that they're not ready to give up watch him go somewhere else and blossom hey we'll see it'll be interesting right when we come back j1q comes from Timothy who says, ADK, hey why haven't the Penguins made a move yet? Is it too late for them to make an addition? Are they done or does Ron Hextall have one more up his sleeve? I believe, Tim, that Hextall does have one more that he has to make. I believe that this general manager has nine defensemen on his roster. He's over the cap and there's still one oomph thing missing up front. I don't know what it is. I really don't. I've tried this. I've tried to go through the various lines and stack them up, which is kind of how you have to do it, although coaches get a lot more detailed than that, and they start assigning second power play units and six penalty killers and so forth. My feeling is that this team needs to have an impact Third scoring line in order to become a contender. You can always find a way to cobble together a fourth line and an effective one at that, being that Teddy Bluger would most likely be your center, with just whoever. I mean, you can just find guys that just kind of fit, and you never know where that comes from. Uh, it could be Brock McGinn. It could be bringing back Zach Aston Reese. I don't know. It, it, it can be anybody. We've seen that. But the third line, the third line is the one that just leaps out at me. Because I see Jeff Carter centering that line. And as soon as I say his name, what do you see? Yeah, that version of Carter that we saw down the stretch. He had nothing left. He had nothing left. He was skating uphill probably from February right through to game seven. That's not a shot. That's not a dig at him. We've seen what he's like at his best, but that's the reality. Whether or not he was playing through some kind of injury, whether or not he just finally hit a wall at age 37, I don't know. I don't know. But it happened. And it's the last thing that resonates when it comes to him. We can put Kapanen on that line. We can put... Either Danton Heinen or Jason Zucker on that line, depending on which one doesn't end up on Gino's left wing. But are you excited about that? Are you thinking to yourself, yeah, there's a line that's going to produce regularly five on five? No, no. I mentioned the advanced analytics as it relates to Kapanen. Go look those up for Carter. This was not an effective two way player, certainly not at the center position. He still has it in him to win draws, but he hasn't always done it of late, and he certainly didn't whenever he was doing that skating uphill thing. I'm not feeling contention in large part because of that third line and and, and to an extent, to be fair, because of the uncertainty that relates to the second line. There needs to be a way for the Geno line to generate five-on-five offense, so I don't mean to make this too micro a focus here but to answer your question yes the GM has moves to make and I'm going to make sure that I keep repeating this one because I don't want it to get lost the other move that needs to be made is signing Tristan Jari to a long-term extension you do that now you do that now when the caps are flat, prices are somewhat flat, you haven't had a goaltending contract that totally blew up the books in the last couple of years, this is the time to make that happen and secure the most important position for the next few years. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.